Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Lonnie, mm-hmm. it's bad enough when you see a bad movie on any day of your life. But it's even worse seeing one on your birthday. You know, like I wasted my birthday movie on this. I'm surprised you did this. Why would you watch this on your birthday? Nothing else was showing at an appropriate time and I'd seen everything else that was out. Really? So now I've wasted my birthday movie and I have to wait a whole other year to remedy it. (laughs) You know what could have been worse? What? Apparently at one stage, James Corden was going to be in this film. Oh. (laughs) Imagine that. It might have been okay. I don't know. I don't think I would have recovered, to be honest. <laughs> Hello there. This is I Only Like You and Movies. My name is Lonnie. What's your name again? Sine. Hey. Yeah. Oh, still Sine. Yeah. Okay. Sine. I'm all right. I'm. I'm concerned about how to talk about this film without angering people. Okay. The film is The Whale. Yes. What's the film about today? Brendan Fraser's back. He's back. Love him. Love him to bits. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's playing a college professor who is obese mm-hmm. um, and is dying essentially because of his weight. And he's trying to reconnect with his daughter, Sadie Sink, in the sort of last week before he dies, essentially. Yeah. It's a pretty sad film. Yeah. Do you think it was well, do think it was well done? Mm, I don't know. No, I think some bits were well done. I think overall I liked it, but I don't think I'm ever going to go back and watch it. And I th- it was a really tough watch as well. Why was it so long? It was quite long, based on the play, I suppose. Do and I care Darren, about it? Darren Aronofsky, so... You kind yes. of you have an idea of what you're going to getting yourself into, right? As you go into it. Okay, so what's he done? Pie, haven't seen it. Requiem for a Dream, yeah, creepy yeah. film. The Fountain, don't think I've seen it. The Wrestler, I am alone. My role is outcast. My heart is bypassed, and yet I have grown. Yes, I still got it. Sorry, that's from the Hugh Jackman 2009 um, opening Oscars musical number. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm just losing the plot. Black Swan, creepy, yep. Noah, weird thing to come out of nowhere that that's a Daranovsky film, but okay. And Mother, which has psychologically tormented Jennifer Lawrence and said that she would never mm. ever put herself in another film like that ever again. Okay, so we've got a lot going on with him. It's deep and dark stuff, yeah. Deep and dark. 
I don't know if this is deep and dark so much as it is just very insensitive and misses the mark for me. Yeah, and I, I, I think their heart was in the right place, but I, I still think you can, <sighs> you can produce something like out of ignorance, even if you're trying really hard to do the right thing. Yes. I don't really know. Hey, it is a really tricky I one. I think this is why it's going to be really tough for us to talk about. So can we just talk about Brendan Fraser for a moment? It is incredible to see him back on screen. I didn't realise how much I missed seeing him. And mm. I think his performance, he delivers it from a place of real honesty and um, groundedness and a real connection. And I completely felt every emotion he was experiencing. So he, um, I think it's widely known, took a break from acting after experiencing sexual assault from higher up in Hollywood. Um, and he's had this amazing comeback now to film and he's won best actor at a lot of these, uh, events. And I think this podcast will be coming out perhaps after the Oscars. So we'll have to see. Um, but he's definitely he's in a good chance to win. He's in a good chance. And I think it might be like a career thing for him. How they do that sometimes. Mm. So he, he was really great. And my, my issue isn't with him at all. Um, Sadie Sink. Here's my knowledge of Sadie Sink. I think she's on Stranger Things. Is that correct? She is. She's in, she comes in season two. And she was in All Too Well, Taylor's version, 10-minute version short film. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I know about her. Anything else? She's just on the Fear Street movies, which I quite, I quite liked, but... Okay. We wouldn't watch them. I feel like all. her... Bef- Sorry, what was that? Because they're scary movies. Mm-hmm. I feel don't like... Scariness. I don't. Her performance was very one note for me. Like She's just angry the whole time. Mm. There's not a lot of light and shade. And I don't know. Didn't really do much for me. I feel like she was let down by the script there. Agree. I think... Well, I don't know. The... the... <laughs> <laughs> the point of her, her character, right, was that, you know, she, her dad left her. Yes. And now she's, he's sort of turned up in her life as he's dying. And that would be quite confronting for her to do it. And she's, she's obviously got some, some issues in her life. She's not in a good place, to put it lightly. And she's taking out her anger at him. And maybe it all started when he left. Maybe... It was always going to be tough for her in her life, and her mom doesn't seem to be quite supportive either. Yeah. But then, like his his character is like, "Oh my god, you're so wonderful." You know, I want to know I've done one good thing in my life, and I know. that's you. But like, dude, she's awful. She's a horrible she's... person. What are you talking so, about? I don't know then if it's like he is misguided there. Like we're supposed to pity him because yeah. he's like dying, yet he's lying to himself about how great his daughter is, or whether. It's supposed to be he does see the one kernel of goodness that's still in her. And I guess he's still seeing her as eight or whatever she was mm. when he left, right? So, yeah, but I I, I really don't know. And maybe that is the point of the film is we're supposed to not quite understand, you know, there's layers and whatever. It's, it's but I don't think she has, what's going on. She doesn't interact with anyone enough for me to be able to tell whether that's what it's trying to say or not, though. Mm. Like, because the mother is just really unhinged. I, I did not care for her performance. Um, but she really hates the daughter and says that she's awful. 
evil, he says. Yeah, but because she, the mother herself, is acting so outlandish and unpredictable, mm. it's hard to know whether that is a reliable interpretation of mm. the daughter or not. So, I, I do remember people I went to school with and, you know, it was a public school, so you had all sorts there. And there were some kids who were just terrible. Mm. Often they had reasons to. Yes. Their, their lives, obviously, um, all sorts of things can happen. But sometimes kids were just mean. And yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what her thing was here. And, like, after, like, maybe, I think in the usual movie what happened is she's mean at first, but then they come together and she is nice and she does help him with something. And she kind of hints towards that in the film a little bit, mm. but it doesn't. It kind of ends with her still being mean to him. Yeah. And I'm like... It's kind of a push-pull between like the usual Hollywood film, how it would end. You start off bad and then things get good and everyone's happy by the end. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it's a Darren Aronofsky film. So, you know, things generally don't work out very well in his films. Yeah. So there's tension there the whole time. But yeah, she's kind of just mean all the way through. She is. She breaks the, the bird's plate. Oh. That's her, right? That's, a, that's the interpretation I read. I thought she saw it and it was broken. I, the interpretation I read was that she broke it because hmm. she realised that he could care for somebody Someone else, caring but not for her. her. Yeah. yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Which makes sense. Got it. Can we talk about Hong Chao, who has just had a great year of film? She had a great few years, but well, potentially yes. yeah, this year in particular. Yes, so she was in The Menu, which we covered a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, was incredible in that, and now... She, for me, was the absolute best part of this film. She plays Liz, who is a nurse who sort of cares for Brendan Fraser's character. Mm-hmm. Um, and her performance is such, like, so human, you know? It's so... Oh, it's just incredible, really. So commanding. Yeah. You, you, as, as nurses generally are like she comes in and takes care of the situation that she comes into but like she has got so much going on because she's the healthcare worker she mm-hmm. wants to help this guy mm-hmm. but then he seems resigned to the fact that he's, uh, he's going to die yeah yeah and she loves him but she can see where he's coming from but she hates him as well because of what he's doing to himself um there's that heartbreaking so that, that was scene. the most complex yeah, and obviously we'll get into more complexities about her in the beginning. Anyway, she was incredible. There's that heartbreaking scene where she helps him and they've had a really traumatic little moment and then he asks her to get the food from the bench and she has to make the decision mm. whether or not to get it for him and that, you know, happens all in her facial expression and it was a beautiful mm. moment in the film. So the the big thing about Liz that we learn is that um, her brother, who has passed away, was actually the partner of um, Brendan Fraser's character, Charlie. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? That sort of, you know, he was sort of excommunicated I mean, and it's, Charlie left his family to love another man who was a student, which has another, you know, kink in the in the tale. Well, I, I didn't mind it because it kind of does bring them together and it makes the world... Um, a little bit, a little bit smaller, but in the sense of like there, there's more connections here to all the characters, and so when, yeah, like the wife knows and like all that, 
Also, I didn't mind the fact that she was just his friend who was helping him out. Like, yeah, I thought sure. that was okay at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. We should talk about, so the whale The whale in the title is to do with um, Moby Dick. Um, and he has this essay that Charlie keeps reading and rereading when he thinks he's about to die. And it turns out it's his daughter's essay that she wrote in grade eight. Um, and he loves it. And there's that line that he keeps repeating about how the chapters about the whale were the saddest of all because I knew that the author was sparing us from his own pain even just for a moment. Mm. And, oh, my God, doesn't that just sum up art and (laughs) the whole human experience? I just thought that was really beautifully written. and I think that was very well done. And as the film ends as well, we'll get right into the spoilers now. Yeah. If you're interested. The film ends with Charlie passing away. Yeah. And there's a moment where, like, it fades to white and then we see him, he's back on the beach. One of his great memories was when he was still with his wife and his daughter. Yeah. And they're at the beach together. I'm not religious at all, but this idea that perhaps the afterlife is reliving or going back to the greatest memories of your life when you're most happy. Mm. I think that is a great message. I think that's interesting interpretation of what that could be. Yeah. I don't I don't know the film does everything well, but yeah, that that was an interesting part to me. Yeah. Hmm. Can we talk what about, about the missionary? What's going on? Yeah, I was just, I was just going to redirect to talk about him. So Ty Simpkins turns up as Thomas, claims to be a missionary and wants to spread the good word. Um, and he somehow gets sort of roped into this life and this family and, and becoming invested into that. I didn't know what was going on with him. And the only really interesting bit of the film where I started to feel engaged was when Ellie, Sadie's character, realises that he's not from the church. And because I didn't see that coming, you probably did because you're much smarter than I am. But I was like, oh, things have changed. Everything has changed. But then I felt like it didn't really go anywhere. Like I didn't really do anything with it. But like, yeah, I'm not from the church. Just stole some money. Okay, have some money. Okay, great. What? <laughs> well, one thing I liked about that storyline was the fact that he... he so, Sadie Sink goes and tells, finds out where his family is from and, and tells them what, what's going on because they don't know what's happened. He's just sort of left in the middle of the night sort of thing. And then he ends up calling his parents, he says, and they forgive him and they just want him to come home. I thought that was a powerful message. Like, there yeah. is, you know, forgiveness out there. And, you know, most parents just want the best for their children. So, you know, no matter what's happened, there is a path out. I thought that was okay. I, I wasn't so sure about her part in that, though. And he's like, oh, no, this is Charlie. He's been a friend's mm-hmm. character. Like, oh, she was doing a kindness to him. She was helping him out. I'm like, no, she was trying to throw him into the shit. Yeah, I didn't understand that either. That was another place where he's, like, totally, mm-hmm. I think, misinterpreted her. Yes. So I think the only interpretation we have is that we're supposed to pity this guy who really can't see what's going on in his life. Yeah, yeah. And I think... Obviously, like, you spoke about forgiveness and that is 
obviously contrasted with um, Charlie's love interest, whose family completely um, cast him out essentially and didn't want to ever mm-hmm. talk to him ever again after they realised that he was gay and he ends up committing suicide and that's you know the real undercurrent of the film. Obviously that was meant to contrast with that, but I, I just I don't think it really got there for me. It didn't really... I didn't quite get there yeah. enough with the missionary. Well, that thing the missionary is that after all he's gone through and he's helped yes. Charlie, he still tries to save him without him in, from being gay towards the end. Yeah. And the way I saw that at, uh, online, it's like the missionary guy, what's his name? Thomas. He goes through the whole film but learns all the wrong lessons. Yeah. That's interesting, isn't it? He's gone through it all but still realised thinks he's got supposed to be there to save Charlie and so Charlie has a go at him about it. Yeah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. <sighs> All right. I want to talk about some, the big sort of issue, elephant in the room. I'm going to do my best to talk about this with language that is sensitive and considerate. Please forgive me if I slip. I'm trying my best here. I found it very difficult to interpret the message of this movie as anything other than fat people are disgusting and should be pitied. And I feel like I felt that way because that binge eating sequence is very grotesque and think we're meant to feel how disgusting is it that he's dying but he still can't stop eating what a pig and the big thing for me is the way that other characters react and interact with him like at the end of the film he finally turns his camera on to this night class that he's been teaching and all the students are like gasping and putting their hands over their mouths and being like oh my god he's so big would people really react like that like, I, I don't think that they would care that much. I, don't, I, don't, I agree with you. I feel like like most people are like, oh, he's a big guy, especially on a camera like and that. And then you stop thinking about it, right? Like, it's not really mm-hmm. a thing. I don't know. Maybe that's just you and me. It's like not really many of my, any of my business. I don't. I don't cast moral judgment on people based on their weight. Yeah, maybe. But the, the, No, but I think the film kind of is in some ways. It's like. Well, that's he what I mean. Feel bad because he's so big, but is that, or or is it because he's supposed to? He's like slowly killing himself, but he deserve. He thinks he deserves to be in pain because of the life he's had. But everyone else sort of thinks that too, though. And I yeah. feel like if if your big message is that it is wrong to treat people like that that way, you need to show that in the way that other characters interact with him. And I don't mm. think you do. And you know the fact that. We talk a lot about fat suits. I know we spoke about it recently with 
um, in Matilda, there's a lot of sort of uproar that Emma Thompson was going to be wearing one, which mm. turned out to be a more muscular, athletic padding that she ended up putting on. But like, you know, I'm just reading here, he spent four hours each day being fitted with prosthetics that weighed up to 136 kilograms, you know, and worked with a dance instructor to determine how his character would move with being so overweight. Mm. For me, this is a much more grotesque use of a fat suit than it was in Matilda, especially given the content of this film. And I just think it was very insensitive and backwards and made me feel like I thought we'd already moved past this judging people for their appearances thing. Mm. You know, there's a lot of obviously criticism for using someone wearing prosthetics as opposed to getting an obese actor, but how do you get an obese actor in a movie like this that's talking about how awful it is to be obese? That seems like a really fraught path to go down. Um, I just didn't, uh, I don't know, I just really didn't think that this was appropriate. Um, it made me very uncomfortable. It It just made me feel like, I, I just I just can't I can't see what it's trying to say other than that. Well, I think their argument, the filmmakers, would be like we're trying to tell an honest story, so we had to get the best prosthetics, and we're trying to do this with care and and with with sincerity. As I said up top, though, you you can be having all the right intentions there, but it can just come come out in a bad way, or even. Like have good intentions coming from a bad place still, even if you think you're doing, you're trying to tell an honest story and kind of get dark and, and deep with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know. I... It's a really tough one because I don't think, like, I don't think it's all good or all bad, which I think, you know, yeah, modern society invites us to see things in that way. But I don't know. I'm with you. I feel uncomfortable after watching it. But yeah. I don't know if I was uncomfortable in the way that the filmmakers wanted me to to challenge me, or whether I was uncomfortable because they missed the the boat here. Yeah, tough one, eh? I just want to read a, a quote from um, Katie Rife from Polygon, which mm. I think is quite thoughtful. She says, "If you look at the whale as a fable, its moral is that it's the responsibility of the the abused to love and forgive their abusers. The movie thinks it's saying you don't understand. He's fat because he's suffering." But it ends up saying, you don't understand. We have to be cruel to fat people because we are suffering. And I think that sort of ambiguous message, there's nothing in the film that says that we shouldn't be pitying him. There's just, I thought, um, unnecessary shots of him being really sweaty down his back and really close-ups on his ankles and... Mm. I just didn't I just can't, yeah. I just can't see another message it's saying other than fat people mm. are gross and I just I don't agree with that and so I'm pushing back against this film because I don't think I think its whole argument is invalidated by its approach essentially. Right. Again, I'm not saying this is my argument but the other argument would be if we have a story about a morbidly obese man but we gloss over the fact that he would have 
swollen ankles and we we just try and avoid all of the un, the things that we'd find uncomfortable about that then are we doing a greater service than speaking truthfully and depicting it in a sincere manner that's not my argument i'm just saying that's what they would be probably be, probably be saying about why those shots were included but that it's not the shots themselves that make me uncomfortable it's the way that the shots seem to exploit his fatness mm. as something to be ashamed of. Like, did this character need to be obese at all? Could he not have? I know it's based on a play and, yeah, we're doing all that. But honestly, could he not have been shown to be suffering in a different way, in something more subtle? I mean, I think the point is that it's his, been his own overeating has, has led to him to be this way and that's been his his yeah. disorder, his disordered eating, and it was in contrast to his his former partner who died from not eating, from starving himself. I think that I think that's the, the thing they're trying to explore. So that's why it's there. I think if you took that out, it'd be a whole totally different thing. So they could do that, but I thought the partner jumped off the building. I, I thought they said before that he was starving himself. He wouldn't eat, and so then Charlie's response was to eat and overeat. Oh, okay. I thought he jumped into a river and they had to ID his body because Charlie wasn't able to go because he wasn't the partner. Oh, I'm confused about that. I've probably gotten the wrong No, I, I believe he, he committed suicide, but before that he was not right. eating. I see. That, that's the impression I got. Well, okay. Perhaps I was wrong with that, but that's what I thought. Um, it's funny that... Not funny. It is wrong, and but it's interesting in a way unfortunately, that we we still feel like someone else's weight is, can be commented upon. Mm. And as you said, the reaction that the the students on this online class had to Charlie, mm. they wouldn't do that for any other uh, physical trait. But like all, all of a sudden, you know, he's got dark skin or something, that wouldn't be able. And I know people I know who um, grew up overweight People felt like they could just comment on it to yeah. them. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with anything else, can you? And you shouldn't do it for anything, obviously. But I think I think it's that moral judgment that gets involved. Like you're this way because you've chosen to be, and it's just like just stop eating or just go do some exercise. When obviously it's much more complex than that. Mm. But I don't know if the film was really grappling with that, to be honest. I don't really know what their intentions were. Yeah, well, I'm just reminded of the, the delivery guy, right, who mm. leaves the pizza and the money's always in the mailbox and so he never meets him, tries to reach out to Charlie to have a relationship and there's that moment where he waits to see him because he's never seen him and then just the disgust and horror on his face when he finally sees what Charlie looks like. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I... I think that's a valid interpretation of that, and that's entirely what we will have. Again, I think the filmmakers potentially were saying maybe he's feeling guilt that he's contributed to Charlie's binge eating over the years by yeah. delivering a pizza every night. Do you think there's any any merit to that argument? Yeah, maybe. It's, poss- it's possibly like I've gotten the whole wrong interpretation of this film, and it was trying to say, like, this is the point, that people are awful. But if that was the message i don't feel like that was explored at all all that we got was was the outcome of that was the the reaction of that being 
this is horrendous, not why we think this is horrendous. I feel like mm-hmm. it didn't interrogate our um, reaction to obesity or fatness. It just gave it to us. And so if you're not commenting on a thing, you're just showing it. Why is it even there? Like, I don't know what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a lot better. I think that it has been shown in the fact that the main thing that people are responding well to are the performances. It's yeah. not generally the writing or the direction or the themes and whatnot. But overall, people are like, yeah, Brendan Fraser killed it. Hong yeah. Chow, Revelation. Yeah. Everything else? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. Hard to say. What do you think about the, the idea that someone they're talking about, Brendan Fraser, is being like, treated like a little kid on all these. Um, award shows like oh my god brendan's here everybody everyone clap for brendan it's like no, he's a man it's nice that he's back and getting some mm. some good buzz and people are appreciating him once more but like it is a bit weird isn't it yeah oh, a bit. Right. i feel like that a little <laughs> bit with um key yeah from everything everywhere all at once they're a bit like that as well they're like oh he's back yeah. this is great <laughs> and the same with brandon fraser it's like let's not pretend we didn't want anything to do with them for yeah. so long mm-hmm. but now they're back and everyone loves them again i wonder it's if not... you know cynic in me is wondering he did an amazing performance and if he wins the academy award it will be for his acting but i do question it if he does is there an apology in there yeah potentially is it we're sorry and because we're sorry the academy's acknowledging that you're you know because he, mm. he had a very, he was completely set up to take over the world, you know, with, he was incredible. Mm-hmm. And then trauma happens and snatches like a really wonderful yeah. person away from us. He um, also had some, some physical issues. Yes, I saw him talking about all those action day. movies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and he went through a bad divorce as well, I think, which took a lot of money. I mean, I'm not going to comment on if that was appropriate or not, but that, that happened, I think. And yeah. Yeah. I've also heard him say that he, you know, after having kids, sort of needed to reevaluate what he wanted out Mm. of his life and career and needed to step away from some things for a minute to figure Mm. that out. And I really commend him for doing that. I think that's incredible. And he was supposed to be the villain in the Batgirl film that was made, but would never be released. (sighs) You know how there were all those stupid people who were like, release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, and it was awful and terrible. Where's that kind of love for this movie? Because actually release the film. You've already made it. You've shot it. You've edited it. It was ready to be released. You have it. Why won't you show it to us? Well, apparently they, they will get... It would cost them money, more money than it would be to not release it. Everything All right. Else. Here's my plea. If you're an intern who works at the studio, you know what you could do here. That's all I'm going to say. All I'm going to say is I've been watching a lot of the bold type. I've gone back and rewatched it. And every episode, we're doing some naughty things. We're publishing tax returns. We're doing things we shouldn't, and it all works out for them. And that, of course, is a direct, you know, representation of real life. So Hmm. I feel like nothing bad would happen to you either. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. Can you rate this film today? (sighs) Brendan and, and Hong Chao, five stars, definitely. One and a half. One and a half. I, I just can't see what it's saying. 
Mm. What about you? I'm going to go no. three stars. I don't know. Okay. As I said, never going back to watch it. I found it quite tough to watch, but uh, like some films that get released this time of year, Oscar season, they're more interesting to talk about than to watch. Yes, I so agree. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like that a little bit with Triangle of Sadness that we covered the other week. I, I didn't enjoy the mm. watching experience as much as I enjoyed learning about it and reading about it. Yeah. And same thing here. Like, I was over it half an hour in. I was really over this film. Mm. I actually considered walking out. I think I messaged you. Mm. And actually, I didn't even mention, we had people in our cinema who left. There was yeah, a guy really? who left. Mm. Yep, about an hour in. I don't know if well, that I tells you like anything. A, I watched in a pretty full cinema and we all stayed. See, that's so interesting. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, it happened. It was a movie. All right. Well, thank you for listening. We've got a big back catalogue. Um, I like Stranger Things and I won't watch it ever for some reason. Okay. Firstly, I've never said I won't watch it ever. I want to watch it. And secondly, you say for some reason... You watched me get through the first 15 seconds of it. <laughs> I hate jump scares. Bang. I hate jump scares. And you show me the opening is this massive jump scare of this monster chasing someone down a hallway. Why would I watch that? In what world? <laughs> well, you like Sadie, don't you? You liked her in the the short film all too well. Sorry, could you just, um, you know, be a bit respectful here. It's all too well, 10 minute version, Taylor's version, short film. Um, yeah, she was fine. <laughs> Let's not talk about that, okay? The Swifties will kill me if I share my opinion of that. Right, okay. All right, well, that's when I was talking about the whale. We did it. I don't know. It's something. Yeah. Um, don't know if I'd recommend this one, guys. Mm, okay. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.